I can tell you, anyone who's ever done any study on these kings, these magi, these kingly men from Persia, from the Far East, anyone who's ever done any study on these people at all, realize that the more you study, the less you know about them. Honestly. Believe me, I'm going to share one little, little clip with you that I, was, I, uh, that I learned recently. I'm like, whoa, I hadn't heard that before. I'll make sure that I put it in context before I tell you about it because this is not the, this is not the, the regular line of biblical scholars, but it's very interesting. Who were these mysterious men? And probably women with them as well in their entourage. People say they probably had soldiers with them as well because they were rich and they would have needed protection. They would have needed people there to attend to their animals as well. Ah, there's a lot more to this story than meets the eye, especially the Christmas cards that we get. I'm going to share a little bit with you this morning about what I've learned. Believe me, the more I've learned, the less I know I've realized. But then we're just going to zero in on 2020, and we're going to talk about gifts. We're going to talk about gifts that God gives us, but I think maybe more importantly, in response to God's gifts, what would we want to offer back to Him? We're calling it God's favorite gift. Brandon, if you'd come and share that very famous biblical story from Matthew chapter 2 about the kings. This morning's scripture is from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 2, verses 1 through 12 in the English Standard Version. The visit of the wise men. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the, where, where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they departed their own country by another way. The Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. 
Thank you, Brandon. Well done. Then opening their treasures, they offered him gifts. Gold. Gold would, gold would have been one of those gifts that they would have carried with them to, to indicate and to show Jesus about his wealth. He, after all, he was a king of sorts, and so they wanted to offer him gold. It was only natural for them to offer him gold. Frankincense would have been uh, an incense that people would have burned. Some folks in that day, maybe even today, they burn incense as an offering, an incense offering to God as well. And myrrh, of course, myrrh was a balm that would have been used to, to prepare his body for death. Now, I just shared with you some of the, the, the comments from sermons that you and I have heard for years. The real basic stuff. Right, Jim? Kind of the basic stuff that we hear about this story as well. We've also heard about these, these guys being priests, being Zoroastrian priests. Not necessarily kings, but they were worshipful. You notice that when Brandon read that, that they fell down and they worshipped him. So they weren't necessarily, I don't think, they weren't really a group looking for a military leader, which so many in the Israelite community were. They were looking for a sacred leader. A sacred king, some type of a sacred leader of some kind, and I'm going to comment on that in just, just a moment as well. Where did they come from? Uh, do I have a map up here? Yeah, I do. It says from the east. Many believe that they would have come from the Persia area. Now, for those of you who would have been part of uh, only a couple months ago, we were talking about uh, Nehemiah. Remember Nehemiah coming back, building the wall? The person, the person who kind of freed him and let him go and even gave him the resources would have been the king at that time of Persia. So Persia being part of the history of God's people is not unusual at all. So it's not like these guys would have been total strangers, although I need to tell you that I grew up with Christmas cards. I grew up in a different religious tradition. But the, the kings, the three kings... Uh, I don't know how many times I was in uh, a kid's play where I had a bathrobe on playing one of the kings. It's just kind of natural. They're just sort of, for a lot of us, they sort of fit. They're sort of part of the Christmas story for many of us. We don't care how far away they came from. Now, let me tell you just one thing about how far they came from and how long it would have taken. I read a blog the blog is very interesting. I don't recommend it unless, unless you've done a lot of study on this. I really don't recommend it because one of the comments by one guy said, oh, this is all mythology. Don't believe a word of it. Well, when I see things like that, it doesn't bother me any, but it would bother some folks. A blog is one of those things where somebody gets on the Internet and they write their opinion, and then people who read it have the option to click on a button and they get to comment on it. There's some really interesting and wacky stuff out there. Because not everybody grew up in the church, Phyllis and Pat. Not everybody did. Not everybody grew up with a bathrobe on playing one of the kings. Not everybody grew up with these Christmas cards on their mantle like we did. They came from a long ways. And by the way, there are some people who think they got there in a month and others two years. And everything that you can think of in between. Yeah, Dick. Depends on if the camel broke down. 
Some people really unpack it. Depends on if they ran out of food. Depends on if they got attacked and the soldiers weren't effective. All kinds of things. Kind of like hope for the best. Prepare for the worst and hope for the best. It would have been a long trip. I don't know that that's all that important when it comes to the kings. What does the Bible tell us? When they, the Magi, had heard the king, they set out, and there ahead of them went the star that they had seen at its rising until it stopped over the place where the child was. Those of us who know anything about astronomy and things like that, we look at that and we go, oh, I don't know. It was obviously a God thing. It was obviously a miracle. It was God acting in history, which, by the way, He has done, He does still, and He will continue to do that. I invite you, if you're one of those analytical type people and you study the stars, start reading. There will be no end to it about what really did happen when it comes to that star. There's some really good material out there. I'm just saying, when you start doing your own reading, be careful. Just know that if there's an opinion of a person out there and they want to express it when it comes to what really did happen, it will be there, especially on these blogs as well. Now, I want to put something in context, okay? I've told you that the more and more you study this event, the more and more you're going to see more questions coming up. But according to a guy by the name of Brent Landau, he's a, he's, a, uh, he's a writer back in 2011 for Biblical Archaeology Society Review. Really interesting article, and I'm only going to go over it briefly because we're going to get to these gifts that we have to offer God in just a moment. But here it is. He says that in the 8th century, there was a Syriac text uncovered. And that the text is actually written by these gentlemen. And that the gentlemen were actually a large group of monks. Kind of Eastern monks. Very, very spiritual in their world. Very spiritual in nature. And that they were looking for a leader. And that one of the, the indications for them about leadership would have been astronomy or or. or or the stars, or the movement of the stars. They were very very much aware of Herod. According to scholars, Herod was actually dying. They knew about that. They were not fond of Herod. Nobody was. Especially if you were a family member who got killed by him. Okay? And that they put things together, followed the star, and decided that this Jesus... I don't know what they would have called him or what they would have expected, that he was indeed the new king, the new leader. They really didn't know who he was or what would happen, but they were convinced in their hearts he'd been sent by God. No kidding. Eighth century text. Read it for yourself. Um, many scholars say that it probably was not written by these gentlemen. All I'm saying is the more and more I read it, Heather, the more I said to myself, you know what? A lot of scholars say that this story is about Jesus being revealed to the whole world, not to just the Jewish nation, but the whole world. Think about it. 
interesting that that's even out there. People from the East coming a long ways to recognize Jesus as being the leader sent by God. Very interesting. And for me, by the way, very powerful. For me today, the point and the reason and the, the, the important thing is that they, they brought gifts. Um, Kathy and Chauncey, um, you guys are a real gift to me. Kathy and Chauncey Townsend were here when Wendy and I were here 23 years ago, and they're back, and uh, they're the kind of folks who would always just pitch in and do whatever it takes, and uh, I thank you for allowing me to talk about the two of you, because I'm thinking that as we move into 2020, the God's favorite gift is what we have to offer. I don't think God asks us to be someone we're not. I don't think so. I think God already knows what you have to offer, Dylan. Where you are in your life today, Susan. God knows who you are and what you have to offer. Absolutely. Myron, God knows what you have to offer as well. He does. I only think I know what you have to offer. But God's favorite gift is, I think, it's the gift of, of, of uh, our talents and those things that we can do, that we can offer humanity. Those gifts and talents that He has given us. Those things that we can offer to not only the kingdom of God, but this church, our other church families, but to the world around us. By the way, Wendy and I got a brand new daily devotional written by a guy named Bob Goff. And the title of the book is um, uh, Live in Grace, Live in Grace, Walk in Love. Live in Grace, Walk in Love. And it was from January 2nd. Basically, he said, and it was, oh God, I needed to hear it. He said, you know what? Everybody's making all these plans now that they're going to clean up their act because they've been eating trash for the last 30 days. And that they're all making plans to go to the gym. And he said, I got a friend who owns a gym. And of course, what's going to happen is they're going to sign up and by the end of about mid-February or so, they're all going to fade away. He said, let me tell you what. When you're thinking about your greatest gift to offer to God in 2020, forget the plans. Don't beat yourself up too much about all the trash you ate in that, during Advent and Christmas. He said, how about this? Just stick with love. He says, let Jesus leak out all over the place. That's exactly what he said. I needed to hear that. Just let the love of Jesus leak out everywhere you go and to every person you come across. Every day, every moment. He said, forget the plans. Chances are your plans are going to fail. But he said, you can never fail with your favorite gift to God being allowing Jesus to just leak out. Just leak out everywhere in your life. Oh God, we pray as we move into 2020 that our lives be a living sacrifice. Whatever that means. That we offer back to You the person we are, the gifts that we have, the talents that we have. That we just offer back to You your great love. That we even picture 
a, a, a photo of our family in your, the palm of Your hand as You lead us through 2020. Oh God, thank You for our lives. Thank You for our family and our friends. We ask, oh God, that You would lead us to understand and to share God's favorite gift in 2020. Amen and amen.